Welcome back to Hiring Humans. Today, we spoke to Rodina Nadyakova, whose career in HR has spanned companies like LinkedIn, Airbnb, and a variety of startups. During that time, she's hired everyone from fresh graduates to senior executives. In particular, we really tried to talk a lot about what you should know as someone looking for a job these days, how to use LinkedIn more effectively, uh, what kind of what really stands out in a resume for an experienced hire like Rodina, and a lot of kind of touching on great tips on how you can stand out as a candidate and get a great job. Thanks so much for, for joining us on the, really the fourth episode of Hiring Humans. Uh, I'm glad uh, you took Vessi's uh, invitation to get in with us. Thank you so much, Eric. So looking at your kind of resume here, looking at your, your background, I had a, a lot of questions. It was kind of hard to narrow it down, but I wanted to start with some kind of more basic things and then we can get into a little more details about more specifically your in your career. So first, just how have resumes factored into your thinking about hiring and talent acquisition? Yeah, and that's a valid question still. Um, I believe that that's the first impression you make um, always. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, for me still um, as a recruiter who has been hiring for a variety of roles, sales, customer support, marketing, finance, uh, etc. I still feel that the resume has quite strong weight when it comes to understanding what the person has done, what they have achieved in their career and in their personal life, um, and also what is important for them. So a lot of the times they would have a summary where they would talk about their expertise, their skills, um, everything that they have achieved or obtained in terms of certification. So it's still a good mirror, a reflection of their career so far. Um, I am a fan of um, a bit more flexible, more dynamic resumes, but that again, it really depends on the type of person, depends on the type of role that you're applying for. So, um, Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's really definitely bad. something we believe in, that you can't just say like this type of resume is perfect for everyone because exactly. as we see right here, you know, hirers are humans and <laughs> all of you have your own opinions. Then speaking it. of opinions then, is there something you really just love in a resume and something like you just hate that you just can't stand <laughs> on, a, on a personal level? Fair enough. Um, what I really love is someone who has put an effort. So there are no grammar or punctual mistakes. It's a very clear, comprehensive format as well. It's exactly the same font everywhere. Um, what I would prefer also to have, let's say, logos of the companies or links to their portfolio, their LinkedIn profile, something slightly more dynamic than just the standard text. What I wouldn't say I hate but I would flag it as a, as a bad practice is that yeah. still people put um, from different countries um, put uh, photos that are not really professional or um, that have been done in a, in a, with a bad shade or there is a shadow or let's say their email address is um, hopsypopsy at gmail.com, <laughs> which I completely understand. We, we, we were all kids and I do have my kids um, kind of emails that I still yeah. keep, but um, you can put your name. If the name is more repetitive, you can add a number or something else. I think it's, if you're trying to create a professional image, a brand for yourself, it, it should be all um, standardized. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I usually flag to candidates or a lot of spelling, grammar mistakes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, English is not my first language, so I completely understand. But you have to proofread everything yeah. before sending it to the company. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I think I, I've noticed a lot of the, those same things. I mean, you know, 
we, I, and, and we at the team have been writing about resumes, obviously, for many years. And we're continuously writing about things like the header and, you know, just the little part where you put maybe an email and phone number. And it always feels a bit silly, like, oh, but that's so obvious. But I think you made a good point there. It's, it's, it's still a place where plenty of people make really easily I guess, avoided mistakes. Yes, correct. Oh, great. So... Uh, last question then on that, how, how has that kind of evolved at all over your career? I mean, you've been doing this for, for a number of years and have you seen resumes change? Has your, have your, your kind of opinions on resumes changed over the last couple of years? Absolutely. I think, um, obviously coming from, from uh, Eastern Europe, there used to be a one standardized format called the European CV yeah. format that um, was very much Dominant, dominant. It was dominating the the Eastern European market. However, what I have seen in the past few years, and maybe because I am recruiting in the tech world, I see a lot more um, colorful, a lot more um, dynamic based interviews. I see a lot more figures, a lot even emoticons. I've seen a lot. I've seen different even uh, ways of formulating the resume, like a, for example, like a path or you have different types of, of structures, different diagrams. So you, you express yourself in a much more creative way than let's say how it was 10 years ago when I started um, in recruitment and in HR in general. I see that as a good sign. I think it's important to express who you are, your individual self versus replicating the good old um, the good old type of resumes, what, what everyone does. And it's very similar with the cover letter as well. I, I feel that both have evolved. I do read both. And for me, it's important to see not only the professional behind it, but also the person. So people tend to put more interest, more hobbies. Um, if they have been, let's say, in a music band or something else that, let's say, 10 years ago, they wouldn't even think about focusing on that. Yeah, that, that's been something that, that I know we've pushed and, and I've really pushed a lot is that, you know, there's so many aspects of your experience that don't seem to typically fit on a resume, but you can actually show things otherwise. And, and I know here at Enhancive, we've really believed that this can be a tool to make resumes kind of, a, I guess, a tool for more inclusivity, right? That there are people from Precisely. more disadvantaged backgrounds and things like this that don't have the more typical experience. And if we can make resumes more flexible, then they can be a tool for giving those people access to jobs that they could very well be super qualified for, but just can't show it traditionally. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that should be the concept, both from the candidate perspective and also the company or the recruiter or the future employer or the agency. They should be much more open-minded and not to pigeonhole themselves. Okay, this is the standard. We should follow only this type of resumes. Yeah, that's, that's also been something, you know, I've had conversations with people who gave, you know, sent a, a less traditional resume and got, you know, a harsh or negative reaction and mm -hmm. say, oh, this is a really bad thing. And from my perspective, it, it might be, but it could also very well be a blessing in disguise because my thinking is if a company just wants to outright reject you simply because, you know, you, you tried to represent your experience in an unconventional way, then that says a lot about that company and their approach to a lot more than just hiring. Precisely. I agree. I agree. I think everyone should be given a fair chance. I completely understand the recruiter point that you have limited amount of time to review profiles and you're looking for specific skills in the first three to five seconds. However, I think we should encourage people to express themselves and we should tolerate the fact that they're different and there are different ways, as you mentioned, to uh, portray your experience and portray your personality. I think that should be motivated and encouraged by everyone. Oh, awesome. So 
you know, you touched on all the various types of roles that, that you've hired for. And I, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit and, and ask if you have maybe different criteria or different advice or just different thinking on a variety of roles, in particular, I guess, kind of technical versus non-technical hires. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say what I try to do is to create much more simple um, approach and simple guidelines to all of my candidates. I would say I wouldn't have a huge diversification between tech roles and non-tech roles. I'd say you always, always, always have to be prepared. First and foremost, if you haven't had phone interview experience, because 100% of our interviews are over the phone or through um, VC or through Skype, if you haven't done that before, practice, practice, practice. Make sure you know everything about the company or the role you're applying for, or at least you can back up your motivation. Because no matter who you're talking to from the company side or the agency, they will probe on this specific knowledge or perception of the company. Doing the extra mile, putting yourself into the shoes of, of the person, of the, the, the role that you are applying for. So just a, a very simple example, customer experience specialist with Spanish. If you put yourself into the shoes of this person from tomorrow, how would you set up yourself for success, your first 30, 60, 90 days? I would strongly encourage people to A, make sure they're ready to be on the phone, they feel confident, B, they make their research in terms of the company and the role, C, they put themselves into the shoes of this person and think outside of the box. Think not only, oh, I can contribute with my positivism or I can be very creative, Think about what you can actually bring from a tangible skills, results, attitude perspective in this role, in this company. Um, so I try to, to um, not to complicate because the, the, in, the interview process could be complicated anyway. So I try to give these simple tips to each and every candidate, regardless of the level, regardless of the role, because I honestly believe that these are the key skills or key uh, preparation that you should show on an interview. I totally love that. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, you know, for, for many, many years, I've taught writing and taught public speaking and things. And, and I thought you touched on what I've seen as one of the most fundamental bits of advice mm -hmm. for whether you're giving a speech, whether you're writing a paper or whether you're creating a, a resume is to always, always think about the person on the receiving end and the audience. Because I, I always see one of the kind of cardinal sins of, of resumes and things is a resume that, that it's clear that this was created by a person for that person. It's like, I made this so I can feel good about myself. And, you know, feeling oh, good yeah. about yourself is wonderful. But, you know, when you're on the receiving end of reading it, you're like, okay, that's great person, but, you know, I'm right here. Uh, so I'm really glad you touched on that. That's, yeah, to me, that's like the biggest overarching piece of advice I, I've kind of noticed that, that a lot of people just fail to do that simple thing of put themselves in someone else's shoes. Great. So you... Uh, you know, you, you worked for LinkedIn in the past and obviously you use LinkedIn plenty in your work. So I'm curious kind of how you see the role of LinkedIn in hiring evolving over time and, and you know, from there, how you use it today. Of course, of course. I am probably one of the earlier adopters when I was still in Bulgaria and the huge impact that LinkedIn has had both in the candidate's life, in the um, companies in the educational institutions is absolutely tremendous. Um, and uh, yes, indeed, I had the privilege to work with them for um, nearly four years and see the scale from a company, from services perspective, the, the, the huge social impact that they have on 
um, economies, on countries, the fact that they became a total leader on the market. They provide so many different options. So it's the LinkedIn talent solutions, learning solutions, sales, marketing, etc. I feel from recruitment standpoint, how it evolved, it became really the number one source for everyone to connect. First and foremost, this is a bridge between different professionals worldwide. Second, it is a content tool. It is the case that you want to share uh, with your professional audience, professional material. You want to engage with this audience. You want to become social selling champion. Then the third piece is finding jobs and publishing jobs and how you tailor the message to attract the right people. They have a phenomenal tool now called Talent Insights, which is incredibly helpful for me um, in my day-to-day -day role to understand, okay, where the potential talent tribes, in which countries I could source effectively and I can get stronger engagement. It's helping you to also customize a message, the, the, the in-mails, in order to attract the right individual. And it's not just sending a, you know, a, a blurb to 500 people. I, I don't believe in that approach. I know that there are different bots and, and tools that help you do that from a reach perspective. But what I believe in is that relationships matter through LinkedIn a lot. And if you know how to use it properly, it becomes a, a very powerful tool for your online professional brand. Okay, so what then? What's your kind of advice for, uh, you know, maybe someone starting off their career these days? Uh, they're you know getting into the workplace. Maybe they've just got their first job, and they hear like, okay, I guess I should create a LinkedIn profile. You know, what should be even just their mindset going into that platform and and, and starting to use it? And that's a great question because the funny thing is that the youngest person on LinkedIn is at the age of 15. So it's not the case that uh, you have to be looking for a job or you have to be a certain type of professional. Let's say if you're a doctor, you don't need LinkedIn. No, it's it's actually much broader too. As I mentioned, it's it's the case that you can really leverage it for so many different things. It's not only when you're looking for a job, but to your question, if someone is just starting, I would recommend keep it up to date. That's the main thing. Uh, keep the engagement going. Make sure that you check it. If you don't want to check it every single day, that's completely fine. But make sure you're relevant. Put a, a professional photo, engage with people, put some content about yourself, start participating in different groups, start following different influencers or different companies that you're interested in. I would say for even for students or for people who are looking for a career change or even people who are retiring, you can find a lot of advices there, a lot of pro bono consultancy that could happen virtually in, in minutes. You can connect with someone on the other side of the pond and, and you can get fantastic advice, career advice from them. I've heard stories that people found their co-founders or their CEOs that way by just posting a message in their network. So my best advice is really approach it with an open mind and be proactive, be very proactive. Uh, that's how I found my role at LinkedIn. That's how um, I helped other people find their, their desired jobs. So I think you should really have variety of, of ideas in your mind in order to get the best out of LinkedIn. Okay, that's really interesting because, you know, full, full disclosure, I think I've been someone for a long time that just every once in a while goes in, updates their profile, checks on messages, but has seen it as, as a very kind of side thing. But, you know, it's been interesting over the last year, I think our, our team has really discovered the power of LinkedIn groups and that 
they're, you know, that they're a bit more exclusive. They're, they're a bit tighter knit than what you'll find on say Facebook. And that, that really makes a difference. And people tend to be a little more open, a little more, uh, I guess, helpful and, and ready to sort of jump in and you don't get all the negative sides of, of a lot of Facebook groups where just a single troll or someone can get in there and really cause a ruckus. Exactly. Yeah, I agree that that it's it's much bigger than just the interaction from a, a, a B2C perspective. I think the, the groups is a great way to raise awareness. If you have your company and your company group, I think you can uh, empower people to start a discussion and people want to be heard. People want to share their opinion. We're talking about professional environment and I'm glad that you make this, made this um, comparison with Facebook because yes, Facebook does have um, um, professional side as well and it's helping advertisers too. However, the audience and the focus of these two social networks are completely different is completely different so they're not technically competitors um, i remember even reed hoffman when he was visiting the office in dublin um, he was also saying i started this as a bridge between uh, professionals to raise the awareness and to make sure that people are are building connections yeah, great. So one last very specific LinkedIn question that this one actually is just purely coming from me, but I'm going to assume a lot of other people have this. Just what's your advice? So, uh, you know, I get tons of LinkedIn connection requests from people I don't know. And what do you say? Do you accept those just because like the bigger your, your kind of uh, network, the better? Or is it no, your network should be more curated? What do you think? That's the million dollar question. And I've been asked quite a few times the same yeah. question. And I wouldn't say one size fits all. Um, I'd say it really, really depends what the purpose of the connection is. 